0: Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing the podcast, where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and
1: writers are inspired.
0: I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Tara Lynn Massey. Tara Lynn Massey has won multiple book awards in her role as editor of the Rose Metal Press Field Guide to Writing Flash Fiction and The Chalk Circle. She's also the author of Where the Dog Star Never Glows and founding series editor for the Best Small Fictions annual anthology. Her debut novel, My Real Name is Hannah, was just announced as a finalist for the National Jewish Book Award and received a Florida Book Award, a Forward Book of the Year Award, a Skipping Stones Honor Award in the Julia Ward Howe Award for Young Readers, among other honors. It was also translated into Slovak. Welcome to the show, Tara. Thank you very much for having me. Tara, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? Well, like most writers,
1: I am definitely an introvert, and um, I probably even call myself an extroverted introvert. I I can get out there and promote myself, but for the most part, I, I like being alone. I need solitude and some amount of silence. Um, I can block out a lot of exterior noises, but any noise in the house that interferes with my thought process you know, becomes a problem. Um, I have a lot of friends who like to go to cafes and they can focus and produce in this kind of chaotic atmosphere, but my brain just can't settle into that kind of space. So I definitely need quiet to let my creativity and imagination take over. So I love to write in my own office, which at this point is my bedroom. Um, but I do need a window. I'm, I'm, I love sun and light and nature, and I've always worked either in front of, or next to a window that overlooks trees or as presently a tidal river, um, it keeps me connected to the natural world I love. And it also inspires my writing. Um, in terms of physically writing, it took me a long time to get comfortable writing first drafts on a computer. I'm, I'm old style. I grew up with typewriters and whiteout and carbon paper, which was much, a much slower process. And I still prefer to write short story drafts on a ruled paper first. My mind moves more fluidly that way. Um, but as I age, my handwriting's gotten much worse, so I'm finding it easier to transfer my thoughts uh, through my laptop. So um, I'd say my ideal conditions are totally compatible with Virginia Woolf's room with a view, um, though I'd probably add that it has to be a quiet room. Why do you write? I, I write because I didn't have a voice growing up, and I'll just leave it at that. But books as they are for many were a transformational escape for me i could be anyone i could go anywhere um i'd get so lost in books i'd have a really hard time mentally adjusting from going from the story i was reading to the family dinner table and i especially loved reading at night it was nothing better than reading in the summer window open, listening to crickets, uh, under the covers with a flashlight, like I think a lot of young women and men do when they're not supposed to be up that late at night, um, and there's no one there to interrupt you. So I've been asked this question a lot, and I think I've come to the conclusion that I write because I love to read. And I later wanted to be able to create my own worlds and immerse others in the same way that I've been immersed, Um, And as I said before, I write because it gives me a voice. And I also feel very strongly in trying to give a voice to my characters who sometimes represent groups who can't speak out. There are many voiceless populations in our culture and in all the work I do, uh, whether it's editing or fiction, I try to find a way to let someone be heard. Um, For instance, the novel you mentioned that was recently published is set during the Holocaust and is narrated by a young Jewish girl. Finally, I'd say I write because I can't not write.
0: What are your best writing tips? Uh, That's a hard question for me
1: personally to answer because every writer I know approaches writing differently. But my best tip is to read good writing in the genre you want to write in. It'll help you recognize different voices Um, study how these writers tell their stories, how they use details, how they plot their novels, um, if they're poets, uh, what kind of poetic devices they use, uh, the kind of observations they make. And I do stress you don't want to copy how they do things. You want to develop your own voice and style. But I found that when I worked as a freelance book editor, for instance, and edited some of our best writers, I naturally absorbed better vocabulary and sentence structure. It also forced me to set higher standards for myself. And I think that's really important if you're trying to improve.
0: What are your ideas for someone trying to overcome a block? The best advice I got was from
1: a writer who said that she would go on long walks. And I I, I don't think you necessarily have to be walking or leaving the place you're at, but taking your mind off of what you're doing and doing something physically that's rhythmic. My my father was a painter and he used to love to mow his lawn with that old push mower. And there was something about the um, the sound of it, the repetitiveness of it, just being out there in the sun and, and uh, the the rotating metal that allowed his creativity to open up. And I find that when I walk, uh, again, the rhythm, uh, being out in nature, which always inspires me, getting away from myself um, from the problem I may be working on or, or, or that's holding me back, um, that really helps. And I've heard some other uh, writers actually go like to jog. It's, it's, again, a very similar thing. So I guess that's my best advice. And then obviously not worrying about the block. Um, I... I again, tell people, because this is a a question that comes up often, is that uh, go easy on yourself and know that your brain is working on things even when it doesn't appear to be. And if you're having a hard time, nothing's coming to you, that's okay. Go off, do other things. And don't worry, it's going to come back to you.
0: What about editing and revising tips? My best advice
1: is to first write as if you didn't know how to write and spell. Um, just keep going when you're writing, uh, I'm a perfectionist and that's often been a problem for me is when I'm first writing, I think everything has to be perfect. And, and I've learned no, it doesn't, you know, I'll put, uh, dashes in for things. Uh, I know I'm misspelling things if I'm missing research. Cause I do historical research. I'll often, um, leave big blanks or say TK for to come. Um, and then I put my work away for a while and it's amazing how when you go back to the work you've left alone for some period of time, you see so many problems and typos and more important, your brain's quietly been working on it while it's been lying in wait for you. As I mentioned before, um, I find it might, I might suddenly have a solution to an unsolved issue or maybe a new detail to add or a new direction to go in that just sort of magically comes Uh, from leaving it alone for a while. So for sure, set your work aside now and then. Don't be in a huge rush to get it out there. Don't impose deadlines on yourself. Um, And finally, I tell people to read their work out loud. You'd be surprised what you catch when you do that. Um, You know, remember that storytelling is oral. You know, the original storytellers were sitting around campfires. And good writing, I think, needs to satisfy our ears as well.
0: For our listeners interested in publishing, can you estimate your submission to publication ratio? Um, well, that's changed over the years.
1: Uh, as a beginning writer, I, I, it could take me dozens, if not hundreds, of submissions to get something published. But as, as um, I've gotten more competent and have a bit of more of a name, I get accepted sometimes immediately. I, I, I'd I say my record is four hours. Wow. Uh, but it, I obviously did not. I did not start off that way. And I think what's really helped me and what I want to tell listeners is, is that even professional writers get rejected. And uh, a very famous poet at the beginning of my career told me that he still got form rejection letters. Uh, he's one of our most famous American poets. And that had such a huge impact on me. And it was a real gift to me. Um, First, because he shared that information with me, a beginning writer, he had no ego about it. Um, Hmm. And second, I figured if he could get rejected, it was not really a big deal for me to get rejected. And it made me much more comfortable with the submission process. I took rejection less personally. and it didn't bother me if it was one rejection or fifty, and that's crucial. You do not take rejection personally. You keep going, take your ego out of it, and know it's the writers who are persistent who succeed.
0: Who are some other women writers we should be reading right now? I think that answer depends on the genre genre
1: you're in. Um, I'll, I'll give a few different examples. Uh, I write literary historical fiction, so right now I'd recommend Courtney Mom, uh that's spelled M-A-U-M. Her latest novel, Costa Alegre, is brilliant literary fiction. I, I don't think you have to be a fan, however, of lit fiction to appreciate it. It's told in diary form, and uh, it's about a 14-year-old girl pre-World War II set in Mexico. And it's just beautifully done. Uh, For general fiction fans out there, I know that there are a lot of people who appreciate um, sort of detective thrillers, stories. I'd recommend Renee Denfeld. And um, I've been very encouraged this year by the amount of women who've been translated uh, and published in this country. That's something that hasn't been done enough. And I fell in love with French writer... Hannah Lore um that's C A Y R E. Uh, her brief novel that came out this year is *The Godmother*, and um, it's it has everything. It's got social commentary, feminist commentary, humor, tragedy, suspense, and a really strong voice. And she's a strong. Um, her her main character is a very strong female. It's it's been made into a movie, so it definitely has popular appeal. Even though there's a lot of um, intelligent social commentary in it, as I said, uh, so I highly recommend all three of these novelists, and I, I would definitely call them fierce women.
0: And where can listeners find you online? I'm on all the social,
1: pretty much all the social media platforms except for Twitter. I will not go on Twitter. I refuse to join Twitter. Uh, it does not fit my personality at all. Uh, or the way that I want to live, I think it's a great source for other people, but not for me. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Amazon central. Even I have my own website, taramassy.com. Uh, and I'd say Goodreads is probably where I'm most active. I, I love interacting with readers there and um, it's my favorite place to be. So you can find me there more often than the other places.
0: Would your book, program, product, or organization be of interest to the other listeners of Fierce Women Writing? Advertise on the show and reach smart, creative people who love writing in books, just like you. For more info, there's links in the show notes to the contact page of my website or slide into my DMs on Instagram. Would you read some of your work for us now? Sure, I'd love to. Um...
1: I'm going to read from the novel you mentioned again Um, at the end of my bio, My Real Name is Hannah. Uh, It was published last year, and to give the readers some context, uh, as I mentioned, it's a Holocaust novel set in Ukraine during World War II, and it was inspired by the Sturmer family who hid in underground caves from the Nazis. Um, my family is fictional, but all their survival skills and many of the things that happened, um, to my family happened to the Sturmers. So I'm coming in, in the winter of 1944, um, as mirrored by the Sturmers, they had decided to, uh, hide underground and seal themselves underground because at this point, um, The Germans have infiltrated the woods in a way that they hadn't been able to do before. So they knew that they were in danger of going out and looking for food. So they felt it was best to hold themselves up for the winter with as much food as they could store. So at this point when I'm going to start reading, they are starting to run out of food. The dirt bitter taste of potato skins that give brief resistance to the teeth as you bite through them. We no longer peel them. We need every bit of what is edible. The burnt taste of fried centipedes, the creaking of wood pallets as family members turn over, the soft sighs of the weary adults, the half-hearted cries of hungry children, the murmurings of Tefalas the men pray, the high-pitched ringing when no sound can be heard. This is what our days and nights are made of, even the stor- stories are worn out, repeated so many times they have become ordinary and predictable. We lose track of days. I now make marks in the margins of Joan of Arc, having run out of room on the back covers and end papers. They are guesses by now. But it feels like an obligation to mark off something, a weary accomplishment. We walk back and forth in the cave rooms, pacing slowly like weak caged animals, so we won't lose our ability to walk. Muscles are losing their tightness, knees are creaking and calves are shaking. Soon our limbs begin to bloom rose-like splotches, especially on those of the younger children. Teeth become loose and gums bleed into the white potato flesh. We can't see the blood, just taste its metallic liquid as it mixes with the food and has to be swallowed. Papa loses two teeth somewhere in the dirt when they fall out. If something falls on the soft ground and you step on it, it is gone forever in the dark. I'm losing my teeth, but I still have my family, he says quietly when the second one falls. We become more sensitive to the cool, humid caves and push our palates together for warmth. Our empty bellies swell. We suck on small stones to pretend we are eating something. They roll around in my mouth, taunting my tongue, not fooling my brain. I start to not feel real, like I am made of air. Mama, trying to stretch out our few remaining supplies, boils an extra pair of Uncle Levi's leather boots, and we drink the foul water for whatever animal fat is left in the hide. We don't find any more centipedes. We've eaten them all up. Even the animals outside above us, skittering around in the earth and in the meadow, have more food in their bellies than we do. Malnutrition is going to do what the Germans could not do to us, break our spirits and take our lives. Our natural instinct is to save the young first.
0: Thank you, Tara, for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you
1: very much for having me. Uh, You've done a wonderful job and I, I really enjoyed this. So thank you very much.
0: Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Tara's writing prompt at the top of your page in free writing, whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving you can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Tara has created this writing prompt just for us today. I've used this myself,
1: especially for flash flash fiction, and since she's telling you to write briefly, it would work perfectly. Pick a subject matter, Google it, and see if anything crazy shows up. Um, Truth is crazier than fiction. I use news headlines to prompt um, interesting stories that are unusual. So, uh, do a quick Google search and see what you can come up with and go from there.
0: What a unique writing prompt Tara Lynn Massey suggested this week. She's right, truth is stranger than fiction, so, Googling strange news is a great way to get inspiration. And what about the imagery in the piece she read? It was so vivid. I could imagine myself hiding in that cave, sucking on pebbles and drinking foul boot water. With Holocaust Remembrance Day earlier this week, this piece feels particularly poignant. I think my favorite thing she said is that your brain is working on your story even when it doesn't seem like it. It's good to be reminded that I'm not abandoning a piece when I let it rest for a few weeks. What about you? What was your favorite part of this week's show? Send me a message on the website or hit me up on Instagram and let me know what you learned this week. I love when you reach out and tell me how this show is helping your writing practice. I'm glad you were here with me today. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and you've been listening to Fierce Women Writing. Tune in next week when I'll feature trans author Chloe Schwanky. Until then, keep writing.
1: Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at Fierce Women Writing. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.